right where you supposed to be. You ain't make no mistake. You are now tuned in to I Am The Prize Podcast. I'm just the messenger. The biggest. DJ Sham. And what you hear is what you get. Welcome back to another episode of the I Am The Prize Podcast. So today is going to be an extra special episode because um, I am speaking on a topic. We are speaking on a topic that is near and dear to my heart about not letting your past define you. And I'm going to let my special guest introduce herself. What's up, you guys? My name is Jamika Banks. I go by JB. I am also known as the infamous Dental Bay. I am a woman of valor, a trailblazer, definitely someone in the community trying to put in the work out here. I am a pilot. I am a D9 Greek. I am a dental professional. I'm also a nurse. I am a mentor. I am someone who basically, I'm just out here trying to make my way in the world and and, and be the light to other people. AKA, she's missed everything, (laughs) y'all. So... Okay, Dental Bay. That's what we're going to call you, Dental Bay, because we want to keep it real familiar with the folks, okay? So when, let's 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 just get into, you know, all of the things that you do now. Um, are you proud of yourself? I give all glory to God, first and foremost, but absolutely, I'm proud of myself. I think even now, there are things that I do, and I'm, I'm so mind-blown by it. Like, even right now, I'm currently in the UK, London. And I was flown out and somebody found me on Instagram with my, my infamous mugshot. And um, they were like, listen, I love your story. I love what you represent. We want to fly you to the UK and we want you to come to London and speak on our platform and and, and talk to the youth and, and everybody here who needs to hear your story. So there's just certain things that have happened where it's like God moments and I'm sitting in it and I'm like, wow, like this is really my this is really my life. But all glory to God. I'm definitely proud of myself. Girl, I got chills, like literal chills listening to you talk about how somebody found you based off a mugshot on social media, and now you in London kicked up. You know what I'm saying? You don't got through that. They did me good, too. They they made sure everything was taken care of. I okay, tell not... me about the experience with that, girl, because I just got my big fluid out experience, too. So go ahead, flex what they did for you. First of all, the mansion itself. Oh beautiful mansion vibes the food the energy everything like i got they have a private chef i need for nothing on this on this trip and it's just crazy because someone believed in me enough to see my light and to bring me all the way here because they literally heard they seen it they seen the post and they said i need i need her here her light needs to shine and and it's so funny because i was told last year that god is going to expand my territory Mm-hmm. But I did not understand what that meant at the time. And now I'm just sitting here and I'm like, this is crazy. Wait, so let's go back to that. God is going to expand your territory. And somebody told you that a year ago. In that moment of when somebody told you that, are you one of those people who you just waiting on God? Like, okay, God, you said you're going to expand my territory. And you just sitting by the clock, sitting by the front door, waiting on your your territory to be expanded. And then it's like, when it really happens a year later, you sit in it like, wow, like what I was expecting then is not close to what's going on in my life right now. So when I was told that my my territory was going to be enlarged, I literally, I, I trust God first and foremost. And I've heard it, I get different confirmations from different 
people at different times. So if someone told me that, and then I went to church, and that was like the word like two weeks later. So mm-hmm. I instantly went into preparation mode. Like when I get a confirmation from God, I, I literally double down and I get focused. It's like he told me that I was going to have expanded, you know, reach, and I need to ensure that I'm prepped for when the blessing comes because if not, I'm not going to be a good stewardess of the blessing. So when they told me that last year, I didn't put a time frame to it. I I just got into preparation mode. I got I fell in line. It was like, all right, well, he's gonna enlarge my territory. That means that I have to be prim and proper and I have to make sure that my assignments are are in alignment. I'm doing what he's telling me to do. And this is a season of obedience. I immediately go into a season of obedience because I never know when it's gonna happen. But he couldn't have, you couldn't have told me it was gonna be in the UK. You couldn't have told me that, you know, my Instagram was gonna go viral and blow up overnight. Like you would I wouldn't have imagined that and it happens quick. Okay, so let's talk about the season of preparation. Like literally, I had other questions lined up, but girl, the more you talk, it's flowing. Okay, because <laughs> I feel like it's something that people need to hear. So let's talk about going into a season of preparation. When God sends you confirmation, or God is like putting placing something on your heart or the universe, because I don't want to disregard anybody's beliefs. Um, God or the universe um place something on your heart, or you feel like you're being called to do something, because we run from it. We run, we run, and then we finally decide to listen. What does a season of preparation look like to you for somebody who does not even know how to get started or how to even, you know, make intentional steps to to get ready for the blessings that's coming in their life? For me, it's a matter of what I call just do it. It's, mm-hmm. it's Nike syndrome. You just got to do it, and you have to strengthen up your, your faith, and you got to pay attention, and you have to make sure – that you filter a lot of things. Like I, I filter a lot of stuff, meaning mm-hmm. now I'm more aware of what I'm listening to, who's around me, what am I talking to? What am I giving my energy to? What is controlling my attention? What am I feeding myself? Even down to music. Like when I'm in ministry mode, because I, and, and I, what I do, I now recognize it as a ministry because I'm serving a demographic. I'm serving people with my gift. So it's, it's a ministry. So because I now accept it as a ministry, I'm more diligent with how I handle what I do. And that even down to music, I, sometimes I cut music out if it's secular or if it's too much of a negative energy or, you know, busting guns or I turn it off. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of fasting, even from food. Like I make sure I'm spiritually regulated. I make sure I'm connected to the source. So I have to be sure that everything that I hear and everything that's around me is 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 positive and is feeding me good fruits. Yeah. So when it comes oh. down to um when it when I when I'm getting focused and I and I hear that fear and that inclination of doubt, I immediately cut it down. I immediately cut it down. I revert back to what God told me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just go for it. Like that post, for example, the post that everybody now knows me for the post that you know has my testimony on it and my mugshot and it talks about how I'm a rape survivor and I've overcome so many trials and tribulations the funny thing is I struggle with posting that Mm -hmm. I wrote I wrote that out and that share button I drafted it so many times before I even posted it and Mm -hmm. I did that out of God telling me God kept saying you know post it just post it just do it just go for it and I questioned it for like two days and I literally now I literally cannot imagine 
what blessings I would have squandered had I not been obedient and and posted it. Like I'm here now speaking on your platform. I'm here in the UK speaking on somebody else's platform from me posting that one post that God told me to post. So you mm-hmm. have to just go for it and you have to trust that God is bringing you where you need to be. Absolutely. I don't feel yeah. like he would place anything on our hearts if he's not going to help us see it through. Um, a lot of us, you know, so we're so paralyzed by the how when the how does not matter. Just do it. Like she said, Nike syndrome. So I wanted to go back to something that you said about, um, you know, the music and the food. So I know that the last step in my journey to success, I'm not going to say it's the last step, but I know it's something that I need to be obedient about. It's my, like my, my health, like my food, what I'm intaking. Because I remember like for the past two years, I've been saying, oh, I don't really like fast food. Like they've been get lately, they've been getting my orders wrong every single time. I just mm. try to go through the drive through and like disobey that voice in my head saying, hey, you need to eat healthier. When I eat chicken, I get so disgusted because, you know, like the veins in the food, like something is pulling me to just just eat clean, eat healthy. And I can tell the difference when I eat healthy stuff and I just be trying it. And it's like I feel so fulfilled and I feel full and I feel like that's God in the back of my head. Like, just just listen to me, like give up that foolishness and really just do the right thing. Because I went down that journey years and years ago of believing you are what you consume. So when it came to music, when I was like in a relationship and I would get so angry, me listening to Boosie and Webby did not make that any better. Okay. (laughs) We love some Boosie too. We love some Boosie. Yes. But listening to Boosie talk his shit did not make it any better when I was in that relationship because as soon as the niggas try me or it get crazy, that's what's on my mind. Like I'm ready. I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to get booked. So I literally had to just go cold turkey, no rap music for like a year straight. Now it's easier for me to just, you know, listen listen to like slow music, soft music, and sometimes like just meditation music to clear my mind and keep pure thoughts. And it helped me because just like yourself and a lot of people that's probably listening, my past was like I had an angry past. Like I was a fighter. I got kicked out of every Duval County public school. I got kicked out of alternative school, got a second chance, sent to another alternative school. Like, (laughs) the worst part about it was my entire family was JSO. Like, so I was like a troubled child. Like, I was that kid where it was like, I didn't really, I was angry because, you know, I lost my dad at a really young age. My dad got killed. So... You know, I had all that built up anger and resentment for a lot of people. And I was just super rebellious. And it was like, I'm hanging around the wrong crowds. You know, I'm fighting for my friends getting kicked out of school. They still in school. You know what I'm saying? Like, they ain't in trouble. Right. They, ain't, they, ain't, they riding for me when we fighting. But they ain't riding for me when we get in the principal's office to kind of vouch and say, like, oh, that was my beef. Or I hit first tier just whatever, whatever, got caught up in the mix. And that's okay. Like, that's okay because... Once I finally, once it finally clicked to me, which I'm glad it clicked before, you know, I was booked inside the jail or prison systems. um, I realized it's what I'm consuming. It's who I'm hanging around, the type of music that I'm listening to. And that's how I know, like, that's so important. Like you are, you become what you consume. So we have to be mindful of that. We do. Do you ever notice like, so for me, when I noticed that I was being controlled by the music I was listening to. For some reason, every time I listen to Future or Lil Baby or anybody, Yo Gotti, in his hood music, 
I start speeding. Like I was realizing yes. my driving, <laughs> even my driving is changed because I'm so amped and hyped off of these songs mm-hmm. and it's making my energy more aggressive. So mm-hmm. definitely the music, definitely what you watch, everything that we put in our bodies is not just food. Yeah, you got to be intentional. Like you got to be, you got to, you got to be really careful about what you consume. It's like what you said, watch. I do not watch like a lot of reality TV, like the Housewives, all those shows. Like I love them and I see them on social media and I follow, um, I keep up with them for like fashion stuff, but like all the mess, all the drama, I don't want that because I don't welcome that in my own life. Like right. I like to live a private life. I want to be the type of celebrity or the type of famous person. I will be the type of famous person where I'm extremely private. I keep my personal life separate from my business life and I don't need a million cameras following me around. You know what I'm saying? Showing the world my every move. So I don't, right. that's not what I want to see. That's what I, that's what I don't need to see. So how you talked about like, um, you you were in obedient season. I purge. Like I'm talking about from social media. I don't I don't want to see the drama. I don't want to see the baby daddy baby mama arguments. Like I don't want to see it. That's what I came from. So I feel like hey I done had enough of that. Just how you feel like when you've been when you start going out to the club super young super early. When you get to a certain age that shit don't matter. Like no it doesn't. Like, it don't really move you the way that it used to, like getting the bottles and being in your own section and paying $200 just to park close to the front door. Like Mm -hmm. that stuff get old. (laughs) So that's how I feel about like drama and negativity. Like I had those, like I I done lived it. I ain't got nothing else to prove. Let me feed my mind, feed my spirit with only positive stuff. So the person that I want to be, it aligns with how my spirit is as well. So I'm not just, I ain't just, you know, ain't no capping what I'm saying to people. It's really what I'm living right right i mean the the purging is definitely necessary i mean you call it purge i say fast Mm -hmm. um but absolutely even even for me i have seasons right because nobody's perfect the summer i'm outside in the summer i'm outside i'm outside in the summer i might be you know standing on somebody's couch um knocking if i buck on somebody's couch soon as dreams and nightmares come on meek mill i swear i'm on the couch and i'm i think i'm meek mill but has to be in moderation to a point where it's not dictating the foundation of who you're becoming. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Because it's okay to listen to secular music. It's okay to, you know, have a have some fast food every now and again. But when it starts having a negative impact on you that's more so general and it's mm-hmm. now manifesting into something different or it's taking you away from the best person that you trying you're trying to be, then it has to go. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, girl. I go out to the club nine sometimes. Like every blue moon, they'll catch me at, and that's only because that spirit is still so, so, so in me. It's like I'm never. <laughs> I love it's me so, a good that's okay. time. It's so, okay listen. for it to be in you. It's okay, right? So listen. So I go out sometimes because I'm not. I'm type person. If I'm out, I'm out. Hey, baby, let's let's run it. I want to go to the regular club, take me to the strip club, take me to the the fast food joint with the greasy chicken that's going to be open two three o'clock in the morning i love a good time however like you said i do it in moderation so when people do see me out they be like girl ain't you running for mayor what you in here for hey babe i'm i, I got <laughs> i ain't even running for mayor for real for real but you know how they like this joke when you don't change your life around mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't let the folded arms fool you baby it's all there <laughs> Like, I'm still the same fancy through in and throughout. But I do, um, 
And I'm glad you made that point because a lot of people feel like, oh, God, like if I got to change, that means I got to be this super Christian or this super holy person or, or super perfect. perfect person. And that's not true. That's not true. I, I tell people, all, all, listen, I'm not perfect. Don't look at me to be perfect because you're going to be disappointed when you find out that I'm not. Because Absolutely. I'm a growing person. I'm a grown woman. And it's all trial and error, really. But my main thing, I'm a good person. That's what I focus on. I'm a good mm -hmm. person, first and foremost. So as long as I'm regulated from a place of good intention, I really don't care what people think. Yeah. I used to uh I used to really struggle with that. I actually just made a Facebook post on um last week and I was like I spent probably my whole life internalizing people's opinions of me. Um and now I'm like a walking can of raid. Like maybe no negativity formed against me shall prosper because I realized you were just projecting your own insecurities on me. Mm -hmm. Or you had this idea of, you know, what I would be or could be. And you really put that on me. And I really felt like, well, if she said I was bad or she he said I'd never get a job or my past gonna always follow me, just imagine where I would be at if I still let that type of stuff like Right, right. That's bondage. That's bondage. Mm -hmm. can we talk about that though can we talk about like um first of all we we didn't even talk about your past but i actually yeah let's let's get into your past because i think they only know of the pilot the gentle bay the international public speaker they only know about that but can you tell them about your past and like give them a, a, a the rundown of like who you were before you became this person i was gangster meek <laughs> <laughs> I was gangster me. I joined the gang pretty fairly early in my life. You know, I was in the street. My mom, I was actually um a foster child in the streets of New York. Um, you know, my mom had a drug substance abuse issue and my dad was in and out of the prison system. And, you know, it allowed me to have to go to foster care where I endured a lot of things from sexual abuse and you know, just being verbally abused and displaced and going from house to house and then it, you know when I got older I ended up same same thing as you I, I used to go to school and fight all the time that was that's what I was known for I used to fight all the time every time somebody had an issue and you heard about a fight it was it was me so <laughs> you know I ended up getting kicked out of school any school I went to uh, I actually made the news in New York from I started a riot and it's so funny because I was back then I was about a good 90 pounds, little slim skinny. What a guy. So small and making Me the too. most noise. So I got kicked out of school and I was in the street and I joined a gang and I, I got arrested for a, a lot of things ranging from gang assault, um, weapons charges, criminal possession of stolen vehicles, just a bunch of stuff. And I ended up in jail and staying in jail. I was 16, so I, I stayed there for a period of time. I got my GED in jail, came home, changed my life around when I seen that my mom had got clean. She had she had changed her life around when I was in jail, so she kind of gave me the little hope and inspiration to go ahead and make those necessary changes to live better. I mean, I still had issues. I, I ended up in a domestic violence relationship. I ended up a teen mom after that, and because I was in that relationship, I ended up homeless because I had to leave leave that relationship and basically skip town, leave everything behind. And um yeah, I had I had some very, very humbling beginnings. Very humble beginnings. 
Oh, okay. So with all of that being said, everything that you experienced, everything that you went through, I know that you came across so many different people in every phase of that like, that journey. Like people you were super close with, you know, people that you was beefing with, the, from the school administrators to, you know, counselors, whoever, the judges, the police officers. What was that transition like when you decided to change? Because for me, it was the hardest journey of my life. Basically, and this was the wrong mindset to have, but I'm going to say it. My mindset was I had something to prove. Like, I wanted mm -hmm. to prove to people that I could be a different person, that I was a better person. And that was so hard for me. You know why it was hard? Because I was trying to prove to imperfect people that I could be perfect, that I could be better. Right. And that's the thing. I ain't have shit to prove to nobody. Like, once, once it got in my mind, like, it's me versus me. I'm the only one that I'm doing this for. I'm the only one that I need to be better for. And um, I could be the woman that I know I want to be without approval from anybody else because the people who the people who were never on my side from the beginning had their mind made up about me and that's just what they're gonna feel for the end of time and who gives a damn. Right. Once that once that clicked to me, baby, the game changed. Like the game changed. So what was that like for you just trying to transition and probably still being told no, still dealing with rejection or the oh she's she's still in her, she's still that same person. Don't believe the hype. She ain't different. How was that for you? You know, I actually had it was I had both. I had people who would look at me like that, but I had people who always poured into me. It maybe it was like one or two individuals out of out of a hundred. That one or two individual that always told me, "You got so much potential. You so beautiful. You know, you you could be doing other things." That kind of stuck with me more than the people who said so much about me because it was like it was that I'm gonna prove you wrong syndrome. It, mm -hmm. it was that I can't wait for you. Basically, it was like, I can't wait to shit on you. Like, Period. For, for a lack of a better explanation, like, I can't wait to shit on you because you really, you really counted me out. And I love being the underdog who turned into the goat. Like, I love that. I, I, I'm, I am the black sheep of my family. I am the underdog who literally turned into the goat. Like, the fact that I'm the first college graduate of my family. I'm a first generation graduate. I'm a first generation G D9 Greek. I'm a first pilot black female pilot all of the above and it's just like y'all thought y'all was better than me because y'all started off on a better path however Girl, that shit was under the that shit was under the rug that's right. what i really learned that's what right. really turned me up <laughs> right so it's like you really you you really don't don't know who i am and it's funny because my favorite scripture one of them is how god will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies and that mm -hmm. and it's just it feels better it feels better watching somebody have to have to look at you and have God bless you in their face because they talk so much negativity and so much curses over your life. And it's, it's sad because a lot of the people who put curses on me as a child were adults. Mm -hmm. It wasn't it really wasn't my peers. My peers always gave me respect for being different. And I've always they've always seen inspiration in me. So mm -hmm. it, it it was always the adults, the school teachers, the principals, the people who actually could have helped me more was cursing me. Those were the people that was like, oh, you're just going to end up back in jail. You a jailbird. Yeah. 
So you want to know one girl? I don't know why I'm talking to you. I got chills because I feel like we the same person. You know how everybody got those uh, what they call them, dope panglers? Like they got like the same person in another body. I feel like mm-hmm. you are me and I am you because it was never my peers. My peers were always inspired by me. I was always super popular. I had all the friends, lit parties, like same. everything I touched was gold. You know, back in the day, it was the adults that would like. You know what I'm saying? Count me out. And I never forget, like, the the good people that poured into me or the people that gave me a, a opportunity when they was like, nah, I'm a ride for her. I'm going to advocate for her. And so me, I'm so passionate about, like, helping girls and going into the jails and prisons, talking mm-hmm. to women about self-esteem and giving them a second chance of entrepreneurship because I know what path I was headed down. And it was almost a point of I could have been that woman in jail and I would have been getting out looking for a second chance, looking for an opportunity. But somebody stopped me before I made it that far and pulled me up under their wing named Miss Marie Foster. She was an entrepreneur. So I feel like I'm forever indebted for her more than anything because when everybody counted me out, nobody wanted to give me a chance. She did. She saw something in me. And that's so important. So when I talk to these kids now, it's more so like, hey, baby, I done been where you been. Like, I know I never could could take criticism or um, or uh or instruction from somebody who coming to me with a suit and a tie on and they looking like they talking at me, talking down on me. Like, no, give me the person with the jackets on, the sweatpants on, the Jordans on that look like me, talk like me, where they not using all these big words trying to make me understand what they saying. I don't feel like they judging me when I do finally open up or they not going to leave my side when I open up. Because stuff like that really matters. So I'm so passionate when I talk to these kids about getting their life together and making better decisions now because... I meet them where they are. Like I, I'm not gonna come from a place where I'm above you, and I just right. ain't no, ain't no reason. Go ahead. It's the relatability. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most profound moments in my life thus far is me walking into a woman's prison facility in my hoodie with my mugshot on it. It's like it, that moment when I walked in there. I said, I looked around. I said. This ain't nothing but God because there's, I mean, no clearance papers, no background check, no nothing. God's favor is amazing. He Mm -hmm. he told me to do something and I was like, I don't know how that's going to work. I got a record. I'm not even allowed to be in some some of these jails. But God, God was like, listen, trust him. And it was so, it's surreal the fact that I can walk into now, now I can walk into any jail with my mugshot on my hoodie and minister to young women and men about where they are right now and where they could go. Like that, that is so surreal to me. Yeah. That's amazing. And I think the best part about it is for me, we don't have a traditional path to success. Like, you know, how you think you got to be a doctor or a lawyer or a big time, you know, surgeon to really have massive success like I think um what helps me sleep at night and what makes me so excited when I wake up every morning is knowing like I'm successful as hell but in my own right you know what I'm saying like I did it my way and I want to like I want other people to see that like you create your own path to success like you make that choice to be great you make your choice to be great and you follow through with it like the possibilities are endless like you literally committed to changing your life you surround yourself around the right, right people to help you get ahead. And now it's like everything is aligning for you. Like the opportunities are falling in your lap. And it's stuff that you probably would have never imagined about 10 years ago, five years ago. 
And you know the importance, I, I keep telling people this, operating in your authentic self. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed so much more when I owned my testimony than when I tried to hide it. Absolutely. The, the parts of me that I've always been ashamed of are the parts of me that God has maximized and refined and has used for his glory because I kid you not, every time I tried to do something because everybody else was doing it or because somebody else it made it look like it was so easy or successful and I tried to adopt basically their mindset and what they had going on and never worked mm-hmm. out. But the, never. Moment, the moment I embraced everything that I went through and I was like, you know what? This is me and this is a part of me and I am who I am and I love who I am and this is what I'm going to do with it and and turn that pain into power and purpose. I've been getting blessed so much and I'm, it's me literally, I'm just operating my authentic self. I have not reached out to not one person and ask them, put me on your platform or let me get on your radio station or none of that. I, I publicly on an Instagram platform or in person have spoken about who I am and what I've been through and what I do now and trying to get, give that hope and inspiration. And it has blessed me so much more. Absolutely. That's how I feel too. Trying to, trying to be, you know, um, what they call like the traditional successful woman, you know, with the Calvin Klein suits on, the folded mm-hmm. arms, the pearl earrings, like all that, like that shit don't work for me. <laughs> like, and it don't have to work for you. Do do it, what works for you because you are, and another thing, we're set apart. Like we're not all to, made to be copycat clones of what, you know, we, we are different individually and you have your own purpose and you have your own demographic and the people that you are supposed to to change and save that's your demographic i can't do that for you so it it makes more sense for people to just embrace their own individuality and to be who who they are for them because no everybody don't want not everybody want pearls in the cover you know <laughs> just position away something i'm a top boy i just got girly girl me too I'm like I've always been like girly, but I ain't really have like the the etiquette and the girl like. <laughs> I'm, but the point I'm saying is I'm both now. Like I can mm-hmm. I can actively say, I love being a girly girl, but I also put some some sweats on and some sneakers and go play ball with the boys with a with a face full of makeup. Like you know what I'm saying? Like you can be both. You can be all things. We don't have to just put ourselves in a box and be and just say I'm just this one thing. Yeah, absolutely. Girl, I think this episode is really going to wake a lot of people up. Um, it's going to set some, it's going to set a whole lot of fires under a lot of people's asses to really just own who they are, um, commit to being better and to start running from my past because our past does not define us. I feel like my past really propelled me to be who I am today. Um, and, and the best version of me because now that I'm owning my past, like I'm helping change lives. Like I feel like I'm I'm saving the you world. Like lives, girl. Like literally speaking all over the world, impacting people across all 50 states. Like I'm even in in, in a mentor to uh, some women in school teaching entrepreneurship to women in Ghana. Like it don't get no better than that. And this is coming from somebody who was told like I couldn't even run for senior class vice president because my behavior, you know what I'm saying, was not a good look for the school. Not that same school, like, I'm giving scholarships to them kids to go to college. Like, like don't play with me, baby. Don't play with it. <laughs> like, don't well, play with it. Well, Lola Brooks, hey, don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. 
hello like yeah so i don't know it's a real good feeling like my mindset is not like i got the shit on you but my mindset is like hey let me just keep getting better because the more people i help out of that position and out of out of that bondage like you said like i'm i'm doing my part in making the world a better place you know what i'm saying like if i just touch one soul like i'm doing my part and that makes me feel damn good i mean uh, the scripture says god went back for the one jesus yeah. went back for the one that one can change so many different lives. So if, if it's one, that one might be multiplied into millions and millions. So keep doing what you're doing. We definitely need more people like you and more people like us who are paving that way and being trailblazers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dental Bay, I enjoyed this conversation. I'm inspired just talking to you. I'm extremely honored that you still made time to record today, although you're in London. That's so amazing. You were um, on my calendar. I was not missing it. That's why when the time came, I said, oh, my goodness, we're on different time zones. Let me reach out to her. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'm so glad we had this chance to talk. Um, can you give everybody a social media or let us know about any other upcoming projects so we can stay in the loop? Absolutely. So my Instagram handle is Dental Bay. That's G-E-N-T-A-L dot B-A-E-E. I am, for my ladies, I am coming out with a etiquette school. It's an academy. It's called the High Value Woman Academy. And basically it is a mentorship etiquette school where I will be helping women become more refined and more poised and more, you know, of a woman of high value. And I don't, I don't just mean looks. I don't just mean materials. I mean, giving ourselves that knowledge to be someone in the world as a woman who pours in value into everywhere we are. We are supposed to be good stewardess of our finances, the way we carry ourselves, our mindset, the way we raise our children and sisterhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, so my etiquette school is for the women to be a better them and be out here making big moves. So I'm coming out with that. And then I have my mentorship program for the youth that is coming out. So if you guys know any kids or any, any young women and men um, who are between the ages of 13 and 20, I have a mentorship coming out under my nonprofit, which is called Vessels of Victory. We are both on Instagram. So it's Vessels of Victory on Instagram. And my academy is the High Value Woman Academy on Instagram. Okay, I love that. So if you need any help with the academy, because you know, my nonprofit, I am the prize. We teach women um, self-esteem and leadership skills to thrive as entrepreneurs and show up with confidence wherever they are. Um, and then uh, with the nonprofit stuff, you know, let me know. I'd love to support. Um, and we Absolutely. all love to support. We got some of the the most supportive followers on the I'm the prize podcast. Like make no mistake about it. Somebody out there is going to reach out to you. <laughs> I believe it. Somebody is going to reach out to you. So I'm so glad that you took the time to speak to us today. We appreciate you. And guys, if y'all love this episode, please make sure you rate and review it on the Apple podcast app and go follow Dental Bay on Instagram and show her some love. Keep up with her journey and make sure y'all support her until next Monday. Y'all. <laughs>